Well, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Visions for You Big Book Study. My name is Janice M., and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Today's Monday, September 19th, 2016. We are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we're on chapter, we're in chapter seven, working with others, and we're going to begin today on page 101. Paragraph two, beginning with, in our belief, any scheme. So today, our readers are for the 12 steps. Leslie M., the 12 traditions of OA, Lisa B. Our readers for the text today will be Amanda R., Deb W., and Carmela G. Now, the reference number for yesterday, our Sunday special edition at 8.30 a.m., which was September 18th, 2016, is 9087. That's 9087. And the presentation was entitled Treating the Problem, Step 10. And it was given by our recovered compulsive overeater, Holland from Arizona. Okay, our OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength and hope of recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine, we take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our meeting is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Leslie M. to please read OA's 12 steps. Good morning, Janice. This is Leslie M., uh, a recovering compulsive overeater. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, 
made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to do service, and I pass. And thank you, Leslie M. I will now ask Lisa B. to please read the 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Good morning. This is Lisa B., a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority. A loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience, our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And I pass. And thank you, Lisa B. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Now, anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. Now to share, press star one. To unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. 
In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Now today we're going to resume our study in the big book on page 101, the second paragraph that begins in our beliefs, any scheme. And I will ask Amanda Ah to please begin reading for us. Good morning. This is Amanda R., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Maine. In our belief, any scheme of combating alcoholism which proposes to shield the sick man from temptation is doomed to failure. If the alcoholic tries to shield himself, he may succeed for a time, but he usually winds up with a bigger explosion than ever. We have tried these methods. These attempts to do the impossible have always failed. So, let me start my timer here. This paragraph where we talk about shielding ourselves from temptation, I mean, we've, we've acknowledged at this point that um, we have to stay away from our alcoholic foods. I have acknowledged that. I've named my binge foods. So, trying to use, um, to shield myself from temptation, to stay away from the Chinese buffet, from the bakery, um, that is, is useful in, while I am working the steps, but it's, you know, until I reach recovery in 10, 11, and 12. It isn't, a permanent solution. The thing is, my life run on my own will, which is my life before recovery, me trying to impose my will on my life, on the people around me, on my circumstances. You know, things aren't going the way I like, so I try harder to make them go the way I like and it doesn't work, so I get angry and try even harder, and pretty soon I'm back at the Chinese buffet because that's the only thing I know, that's the only thing in my repertoire that really makes me feel better. Um, this points, to, for me, to the real importance of working the steps, which have, for me, they've taken away the core problem of why I eat. I'm... I'm not relying on myself anymore to fix my life, to fix the people around me, to make everything okay. I'm leaning on my higher power. And so that's that's different than just saying, well, I'll just I'll just stay away from those things that I know are bad for me because I'm I'm tempted and I I have to stay away. I have to use my willpower. And that works for a while. But, you know, it says in the, in the last paragraph, for me, this is an attempt to do the impossible, to stay away from temptation permanently, because life is going to throw its storms my way, and I'm going to need help. I can't do this on my own. I am, um, I'm not, I don't have the power to to sustain myself through all these difficulties and temptations, and that's why I work the steps um, to remove the core problem. So with that, I'll pass. Thanks. 
And thank you so much, Amanda. Okay, we're going to open up the meeting. So who would like to be um, to share and comment Tina on S. this paragraph? All right, we Kim got Tina G. S. Melissa T. We got Kim G. We got Melissa C. And anybody else? Star one to unmute. Okay, let's go. Anna K. Tina. All right, Anna K. All right. Now let's go. Tina S., you're up, huh? Thanks, Janice. So sorry I was unmuted. So I, I thought you were finished. Sorry about that. Uh, right. Tina S., compulsive eater anorexic in Florida. Uh, what a great share. What a great paragraph. Um, you know, I'm so grateful today, you know, because before I was able to get any kind of recovery, to start to, start to get any kind of abstinence, uh, this paragraph is what I was doing. You know, I was, you know, trying to do this stuff. I was trying to shield myself. And, and you know, there's a lot of, there. for me, when I read this, I hear I, 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 you know, and, um, and I didn't get anywhere, you know. On page 68, it talks about, you know, uh, self-reliance failed us. And I, that has done it. Self-reliance has failed me over and over and over again. And I, and I always share this, you know. I wish I could have learned by somebody else's experience, experiences, but I could not. You know, I had to learn on my own. And so by the time that I was defeated of trying self-will, run riot, you know, I, I was willing to try something different. You know, and on page 68 it says, you know, we're on a different basis the basis of trusting and relying on God. We trust infinite God rather than finite self. And that was the only thing that really, by the time you know, I was willing to do the deal and work the steps, work through the big book with someone who had already done it, who had worked it with somebody who had already done it, was I willing to do anything different? And then, you know, today, it reminds me when we read stuff like this that I'm on a different basis today because what I did didn't work. You know, and I'll just end with this. If I could have done it, I would have done it, and I couldn't. So with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Mm. And thank you so much, Tina S. Okay, good morning to you, Kim G. Good morning, Janice. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G. I love this. Any scheme, any scheme. So I often bring newcomers here and people who are returning from um, another relapse to this paragraph because I had a lot of schemes. You know, a lot of my schemes before Overeaters Anonymous were counting points, only eating in public because I wouldn't think I would, you know, binge in front of people, being a good girl Sunday through Friday, and on Saturday I'm going to eat whatever I want. You know, the, one of the ones I did in high school was I absolutely cannot stand coconut. So if I had to bake something for school, I'd bake coconut cookies, and then I would wind up binging on coconut cookies even though I hated coconut. Big one for me was getting getting a boyfriend. If, if somebody loves me enough, I'm not going to want to eat. But I have to tell you, there was a lot of schemes in Overeaters Anonymous. You know, meeting makers make it. 90 meetings in 90 days. I mean, one of my schemes was I would have my two slices of pizza and go directly to a meeting, thinking that meeting would give me enough wherewithal to not have go back and have more more pizza. You know, I was told halt. Wait, don't get too hungry, angry, lonely, tired. I was told to avoid people, places, and things. I was told to avoid my triggers. I was told to think the drink through. I was told to keep it green. You know, those are a lot of things we hear in AA and in OA. And if you're a hard drinker, if you're a moderate drinker, those things might work. But if I'm the alcoholic of the type in this book, it's just a scheme. You know, I would come back from a relapse and they'd say, Kim, what happened? 
And I would tell them, go, oh, I know what it is, Kim. You need to make more phone calls. And I would make more phone calls. And then I would relapse. And I'd come back and they'd say, Kim, what happened? And they'd go, oh, I know what it is. You need more meetings. And I would go to more meetings. And that would last, last for a time. At certain times, a meeting would work. And then I would relapse again. And I'd come back. Oh, no, you need a stricter food plan. Oh, no, you need to get that perfect, con- that perfect sponsor. They were all human aid. And through my own experience, I was finding out that human aid was failing me utterly. So check your own experience. Have you tried those schemes before OA and inside of OA? Has it only resulted in a bigger explosion than ever? Has it become impossible for you? So I'm going to bring us back to page 44 to finish this up because what I have found for myself is page 44 tells me why those those don't work. On page 44, it says, if when you honestly want to, you cannot quit entirely. That means I have the mental obsession that no matter how long I'm abstinent, my mind will always convince me to have that first bite. Or if when drinking, you have little control over the amount you take. But I cannot reasonably predict how much I'm going to have. Once I have that first bite, it's a crapshoot. It says you are probably alcoholic. Well, I'm going to postulate, and this is not what the big book is saying. This is what Kim Greig is saying. Is it says, or if it's and, if you have both, you are a compulsive overeater. And what is it telling me? If that be the case, you are suffering from an illness which only, only a spiritual experience will conquer. And with that, I pass. And thank you so much, Kim G. Okay, Melissa C., it's your turn. Hi, good morning, Janice. Good morning, everyone. It's Melissa C., recovered compulsive over here in New York. And, um, you know, when I think about shields and schemes, um, those were so appealing to me because that um, that let me believe that the problem wasn't really me. It was the food. You know, it was other things. It was things outside myself, things that I could change a little bit, and um, and then I wouldn't necessarily have this problem. But every shield and scheme only um, locks me inside with the real enemy, which is me. And, um, you know, I have a really close girlfriend who um, had the weight loss surgery. And, you know, I, I'm, I look at her and it's a warning for me because um, this, is, this is a scheme. Talk about creating a shield. You know, she physically um, messed with her digestive system to shield her from overeating. And it's not working. You know, the, the, the weight is coming back. And, and I can see it. And, um, you know, for me, it's a very clear warning that, um, you know, even my digestive system, even if I were to mess with the size of my stomach and mess with my small intestines, I still would not be addressing the true problem, which is my thinking. My thinking is broken. And so no shield or scheme that doesn't address my spiritual malady is ever going to work. And, you know, I'm just so grateful to know that today. I, I put her in my prayers. Um, she, you know, I, the best I can do is just live this recovered life and be the message. Um, you know, and that's it. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Well, thank you, Melissa C. Anna Kay, it's your turn. Good morning. Can I be heard? You can. Hi, this is Anna Kay, uh, 
grateful recover co um compulsive overreader. Um yes, shields and uh shields and schemes. I have tried them. Well, I can't say I've tried them all because I probably don't know them all, but I've tried many, many, including some type of a stomach surgery, and it did not work. Nothing works. Um, the only thing that works, and the interesting thing is that I've known that I had the allergy of the body. I've known that I had the obsessive thinking for many, many years. I've been in and out of these rooms. But what I never really had, and I I'm very grateful I have now is a connection to a higher power that helps me get through the steps on a daily maintaining basis so that when I deal with these obsessive thoughts and the allergy of my body, it's not me who's making those decisions. It's I turn to my higher power. I never really did that before. And that is the only thing that's helping me walk a path of not being pulled here and there every second of the day with those thoughts and with whatever I may put into my body that would create this allergy of the body going. And it's just that connection. And um, this group and vision has helped me learn the big book. And it's a constant. It's every day. And it's, it's a good thing. Well, that's all I have to share for today. Thank you so very much. Bye-bye. And bye-bye. And thank you, Anna Kay, for sharing. Okay. Is, are there any others that would like to share on this? This is Larry. Leah. Oh, okay. We have Larry K. We have Leah M. We have Vasa O. Anybody else? Before we go on. Okay. Let's go. Good morning to you, Larry K. Good morning, Janice. Good morning. Uh, thanks for your service. Uh, Larry Kay, uh, Recovered Compulsive Reader from Chicago. Um, yeah, I had lots of schemes. You know, if you, if you walk into any, just about any grocery store, any uh, any pharmacy, boy, I, you know, it's loaded with schemes, and I tried them all. I tried most of them, you know, and the big one for me uh, was was appetite suppressants. Oh boy, you know, I, boy, and they're marketed so well. And, you know, for a, for perhaps for a normal person, um, they may be effective, you know, a little, you know, take a little edge off, a little appetite suppressant. My mom was, uh, my mom took appetite suppressants. They call they were called amphetamines. Those were the diet drugs back in the day and they worked for a time, you know, uh, but, you know, but if you're a compulsive reader with the twofold, illness, the double whammy here, the allergy of the body, the obsession of the mind, you're going to be driven back again and again. I tried them all. Then I, then when those weren't enough, I, I got online and I, I began to scour the, the internet to find, uh, you know, maybe there's something in, you know, some other country that, um, you know, and I would spend a lot of money on that. I tried all these things, you know, I, I wished, you know, my brain needed some washing, you know, and, uh, it just uh, none of these things worked um and then there was a time when exercise that was just going to be that look i'm just going to be resigned to the fact that i'm just going to eat the way i'm going to eat um i was i had this obsession there's no doubt from an early age so i'm going to exercise my way to uh you know to a to a a moderate weight and so i began to train for a marathon i remember that was uh and i did i ran a marathon and you know 
training two and three hours a day, running, running, running. Couldn't run away from myself. I couldn't run away from this disease. It was much faster than I was. It would run me down every time. And uh, so that didn't work either. So, you know, we, we have these schemes, but ultimately, you know, my, my issue was, uh, was selfishness, self-centeredness. You know, that was my issue. And I needed, I needed a power outside of myself and I needed a, a mechanism in these steps to bring me into alignment with that higher power. And when that happened, my life was transformed. And yes, indeed, one of the, one of the things that happened was this, this obsession was lifted. It was extracted right out of me. And my life has never been the same since that time. So um, it's, we see living, breathing people that have worked these steps, followed them precisely, and their lives have changed. Their lives have changed. With that, I'll pass. Thank you. And thank you so much, Larry Kay. Okay, we're going to go right to Vasa O, please. Vasa? Vasa O. Press star one, two. Sorry, I was muting and unmuting. Thank you, Janice, for your service, and good morning. Mm. I'm grateful, recovered, compulsive reader, calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. Uh, self-reliance has failed us, failed me. I tried everything that I, on this earth that I was possible. I did all that, all kinds of scams myself. I, um, I, you know, before I came to my higher power, I went to the Weight Watchers. I measured and I weighed and I counted calories. But uh, there was no higher power involved. There was no big book involved. I tried to do it all myself. I exercised. I practiced some bulimia, some anorexia. I didn't get into many pills because uh, we didn't have the money. But if somebody told me, Vasa, here, take this pill. It's going to cost $100. I don't know. I probably would have found the money somehow if that was going to cure me. I'm just so grateful that, you know, I came to um, this big book. Uh, and I remember my sponsor saying, Vasa, you need to find a power greater than yourself to help you. And I remember thinking in my mind, I did not say this to her. I remember saying, how can a higher power help me? I've, been, I've tried to do, do this for 25 years and I have failed. I, it, that was just something I could not comprehend. Um, but she said, you've got nothing to lose, you know. Just try it, you know. Fake it till you get it. And I'm so grateful. I was abstinent for about a week from the sugars before I came to my first meeting. So I had at least little clarities there, you know. And I was just so, so ready and so willing because I didn't want to die. You know, you're going to get tired of me saying I did not want to die. If I continued with this, it would have killed me. And I didn't do the, I, there were three things I wanted to do, but I was embarrassed to have my jaws wired, uh, to have the bypass done, my stomach stapled. In those years, that's what they did, and hypnotist. So I didn't do those, but I, w- I thought about it. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Hmm. Okay, thank you, Vasa. Oh, is there anyone else? Are there any others that would like to comment on this paragraph? Devora S. Okay, Devorah S. Anyone else? Monica T. Monica T. Anyone else? Okay, maybe I'll stick myself in there. Okay, Devorah, please go ahead. 
Thank you, Janice. Good morning, everyone. This is Devorah S. from New Jersey, a recovered compulsive overeater. And you know, as I'm reading this paragraph, I'm saying, wow, it seems sounds familiar, this paragraph. And I'm realizing that, you know, this is the chapter of working with others, but, you know, this it's very similar. You know, the schemes that we took, we find on page 31. Here are some of the methods we have tried. You know, and it, it lists the paragraph on that second paragraph on that page. Drinking beer only, limiting the drinks, never drinking alone, never drinking in the morning, drinking only at home. And it tells us all the things that I did when um, I tried, I, I was trying to combat this disease. And here we are, that was work, that's, you know, lear, I'm learning about it and more about alcoholism. And it brings it back to me over here with working with others. And it's a reminder to me, like, here we are in step 12, you know, I have to, I have to remember where this person is coming from. You know, um, here I am, I'm working with others, I'm living in 10, 11, and 12. It's so easy for me to forget, um, but I have to keep my memory, um, you know, where this person is coming from. And a reminder to me, you know, that, you know, this is a person who is still coming off of, the, off of their binge foods and, um, and, and acknowledge that and remember that, um, you know, I too was in that case and the only thing that I that's going to help me is is you know knowing that I have an allergy of the body the obsession of the mind putting down those binge foods and submitting to a higher power um, each day every day um, and you know thank God because I I do this I don't shield myself any I'm you know I I, I can go anywhere um, and and be there for others, um, and um, you know I'm not hiding anymore from 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 the food. Um, I can show up today, and that is, um, you know, that's <laughs> because I have this understanding of who I am today, and um, I can help another person um, to get that as well. Um, and it's a privilege to be able to to pass this on to another person, and um, to be able to. Um, teach them and uh, grow together. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Mm. And thank you, Devorah S. Monica T., it's your turn. Good morning, Janice. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica T. I am a recovered compulsive overeater back in Florida. And here we are. If the alcoholic tries to shield himself, he may succeed for a time but he usually winds up with a bigger explosion than ever. We have tried these methods. So I'm sitting here listening to all the different methods and all the different schemes that people ahead of me here have been talking about, and I'm going, check, 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 and a couple more checks. And Oh, yeah, I did try that. And what happened? Well, they usually did succeed for a little while. I put my determination in there and my willpower in there and, and, you know, I could stick to a diet for a while. I reached goal a couple of times with one of the commercial groups. I worked for them. I worked for another one. These all worked for a time. But I'm a real compulsive overeater. And sooner or later, my intelligent alcoholic mind would tell me, Monica, you've been so good. It's time to pick up something. This will make you feel better. This, it'll be okay. You'll, you're going to be able to do it now. You, you've been teaching all this stuff. You understand this stuff. But you know what? I really didn't understand anything. Because I'm a real compulsive overeater, but I didn't know that. 
And I didn't know I had an allergy of the body. And I didn't know that I had this obsessive mind. I had this alcoholic mind that no matter what, it would win every time. In the end, it would win. My willpower, I might be able to fight it for a while, you know. But it always won. And, you know, I do what I don't want to do. And I don't do what I want to do. This really struck me as being, wow, this is 100% powerless over this disease. I do what I don't want to do, and I don't do what I want to do. And that's all changed as a result of working these steps, of having a 12-step guide, guide me through the steps, doing the work, Monica, spending those hours writing, telling my fifth step. And it's all changed. I don't have those crazy schemes and thoughts in my heads anymore. And if a crazy little idea should pop in, it's like, you know what, Monica, that's your disease talking. That's not, that's not yours. That's not yours, Monica. Thank you, God, for this program. Thank you, God, for having the willingness to do it. Because I was sick and tired and I was desperate. I wanted what you had. So I did the work. And I passed. Hmm. Thank you, Monica. Is there anyone before I jump in that wants to talk on this paragraph? All right, then I'll take the take it. Um, yeah, my name Lynette. is Janice. Oh, Lynette, please go ahead. Go ahead. Hi, hi. Thanks, everyone. This is uh, Lynette, a recovering compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. I'm just sitting here and I'm listening to all the shares, and I keep hearing the word scheme, scheme, scheme. And it just reminds me of how many years and how many times I sat there and my mind was going 24-7 trying to figure out a way out of this. And my heart would race almost and I would get something and I would think, okay, this is, this is the newest and the best and, and this is going to work. And the reason this is resonating so much with me right now is I'm sitting here listening to the meeting but the other half of my brain is scheming on how do I get my aunt out of this financial mess? How am I going to do this? How am I going to? And listening to everybody's shares has just brought me right back to I am powerless. My life has become unmanageable and going back to God. And it's always in the seeking of God because, you know, as it's been pointed out so many times, the main problem with the alcoholic rests in his mind. And it's not just about the food. It's about every other single thing in our lives. And just, just listening to the sharing today just really brought this back home. And if I don't go to God about what's happening in my life through the 10th step, I will be right back in the food, and then I'll be scheming as I did before. How can I get abstinent again? I'm not going to tell anybody I lost it this time because if I can just get abstinent just for a day or two, then I'll be back on track and, and, and then nobody needs to know and I can just even forget about it and we'll just carry on the merry way. And um, that is so much where I don't want to be. So thank you, God, for this meeting. Thank you, God, that I'm listening to it and that it's landing in my heart and I know what to do. And with that, I pass. Mm. Okay, thank you, Yes, Charles H. Please go ahead. Renee C. All right, we'll have Charles first, and then we'll have Renee C. Yeah, please go ahead, Charles. Thank you so much for your service, Janice. Charles H. A recovered compulsive overeater. And um, what 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 goes in my head is, um, 
what goes in my head is trying to, you know, what just think like there's no superstars in OA, none. You know, because if I think that there's superstars in OA, that's like saying I'm the I'm the I'm the most popular person in a mental illness program. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm just keeping it real, like. You know, and, and and the convention really helped me cement those facts, man. Like, uh, you know what? Learn to listen, listen to learn. Um, I can't outrun the fork. I can't outthink the fork. I can't hide the fork. I, Cause I'm gonna find it. You know, I got a mind that's gonna be like, you know what, Charles? It's about time. You know, you you know, I think somebody said you you've been good. You've been a good person for a while. Let let's do this thing. And um. You know, just learning more and more every single time. You know, you know, my higher power gave me two ears and one mouth. You know what I mean? I mean, like, like I just been learning so much. You know, and I've been learning so much that you know what? I can't avoid. I ain't been to gym in two months, and the weight is still coming off. And it's not about the weight. It's about the weight of the world. It's about. Like, I love what you said, Linus. That's so good. You know, it's about all that other stuff. Food is not the solution. It's not the problem either. I mean, I think we talked about it in We Agnostics that deep down inside of everyone is a great reality. What's the great reality? The reality is the resentments and the fears and the harms and all that stuff that I'm shielding with the binge food. See, once, once I think Harlan G said it yesterday, you know, once, once I'm exposed, you know, I feel anger more, feel all that other stuff more. But when the spiritual malady is overcome, we straighten out mentally and physically. See, it just sounds like words, right? But, you know, if you live in this thing one day at a time, you're like, wow, yo, I really didn't have to binge anymore? I really didn't need pizza? You know, and, and, and it's just so ridiculous that, you know, so, you know, and, again, I heard what we said last week. It's so ridiculous that we can't talk about, you know, foods and all that. You walk by how much pizza places I walk by before, you know, when I leave the house. How much you can't avoid it, you can't shield it. You know, if you're gonna, you got, if you got a mind like mine, you're gonna go through it. You know, but I pray and meditate, try to help somebody every single day. And binge food is just binge food. I open up my freezer to make my my protein smoothies, and I see ice cream and all that stuff. That ain't my food. That ain't mine. So. We can't outrun the fork, we can't hide the fork, and we can't shield ourselves from binge food. And with that, I pass. Thanks. And thank you so much, Charles H. Okay, Renee C., it's your turn. Good morning. This is Renee C. from outside of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater. And uh, I love this paragraph, and I love what people have shared. Very profound. Um So schemes and shields, you know, I think I spent most of my life, and I probably still do it a a little bit now, scheming to figure out how I was going to get away with whatever it was I was going to do, the lying, the cheating, the stealing, all the craziness that went along with my um, disease of compulsive overeating. And uh, the schemes and the shields, you know, the shields that I would close my eyes if I walked in the grocery store by a certain aisle, you know, where there was candy and cookies and, and pretzels and all the binge foods that I had 
you know, and when I'm in fit spiritual condition and I'm centered in my higher power and I'm working with a sponsor, which I will be working with a new sponsor very shortly, um, that stuff doesn't call to me, you know, it doesn't, it's neutral. But when I'm feeling emotions, and Harlan G. did say yesterday about the stuff that comes up and the need to do the 10th step, and I see so clearly where that's true because I need to stay connected to my higher power every second minute hour of my waking time and before I go to sleep at night and when I wake up in the morning. And I'm so grateful to be here, Um, so very grateful for the special edition yesterday and the meeting every day. And uh, I have another chemotherapy treatment tomorrow, Wednesday and Thursday, so your prayers would be much welcomed, and I love you all. You are my family. Thank you. And thank you so much, Renee C. Okay, is there anyone else that would like to comment on this paragraph? Kelly Hi, Beth. Joni. Leah M. Leslie. Oh, okay. Um, I heard a Kelly something. What's your initial, Kelly? S, as in yep. Sam. Kelly S. And I did hear Leah M. And I heard somebody else. <clears throat> Joni M. Yeah, Joni M. Okay, Joni. R. Roz R. And Roz R. Okay. Um, all right, Kelly S., you're up. Thanks. Thanks, Janice, for your service. This is Kelly S. in Oklahoma, recovered compulsive overeater. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay, great. Um, I just wanted to share on this because I've spent the majority of my life in schemes. Um, I've shared a little bit about this. I'm 53, and I came in these rooms when I was 20, so I've spent over half my life in the program looking for schemes. And, um, you know, like other people have shared, you know, I looked for the tools, the people, the retreats, the conventions, you know, everything out there. I just I just knew this was the retreat that was gonna fix me. Oh my god, this is a sponsor, this is a convention. You know, these are these are the things that were gonna fix me. And, you know, and uh there's a, there's people that have been on this meeting um that have shared that have used all those things and were able to stay abstinent for a period of time and you know, I figured I was that terminally unique person the big book talked about because I never ever made it even a year. So I don't know how anybody got multiples of years on the fellowship because I couldn't do it, you know. And it wasn't until you guys reintroduced me to the big book and took me back to the very, very beginning where I think that's what it was all about for me because until I started from the beginning and really got a strong foundation you know, got to that point of no lurking notion that I could ever be a normal eater, that I was the real compulsive overeater until I truly took that step and put the food down for good, you know, and worked this program like it was meant to be worked, then I was still looking for schemes in the program. I wanted the easier, softer way. I wanted what you guys had, but I didn't want to do the work, you know. And so, you know, it talks about in the very, very beginning, if I don't start back then, I have to have a strong foundation. And, you know, so many times Bill uses those words for buildings in there. You know, the step one is the foundation and two is the cornerstone. And these are all like, you know, architect terms. And, you know, the whole point of that is the tools are all great and I have to use them because I can't build a house without tools. But if I don't have a good foundation and if I don't have, you know, 
the uh, plans for the house that's going to be built, which are the steps. And if I don't have the architect for the step for my house, which is my higher power, I can't freaking build a house. I don't know how to build a house. You know, I have no idea how to build a house, not least one that stands, you know, so which was always my problem. So, you know, when I started back at the beginning, you know, finally realized I'm the true alcoholic, you know, started at step one at the beginning, found a good architect, you know, got my plans, my layout, have the steps, and I work it like it was meant to be worked. Um, then I kept looking for schemes, and schemes didn't work for me. And today, I, for the first time in over 30 years, have 18 months of recovered, and I can say today I'm recovered for the first time, and I had given up hope. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Leah. I mean, uh, Kelly X. Okay, Leah M., it's your turn. Thank you so much. In our belief, any scheme of combating alcoholism which proposes to shield the sick man from temptation is doomed to failure. You know, that word combat, I mean, that's exactly what occurs. You know, when the food is down through these variety of schemes um, that would occur, you know, ideas, remedies, methods that I came up with um, through the years, I was at war. I was in combat, you know, um, because there was a conflict going on. It was no longer me against the food. It was me against me. You know, it was like a death match. And, um, you know, eventually, you know, I would, it's like holding my breath underwater. I would have to, I would have to give in. Because you see, when I abstain from my binge foods, when I'm off of them for a while through a variety of schemes and methods and remedies, I start to feel uncomfortable, and I would start to feel deprived and impatient and on edge and jealous and restless and irritable and discontent. And those feelings, those thoughts would crowd my mind like monkey chatter. And eventually that noise would get so loud that I would have to shut it up. And the only way I knew how to shut it up and get relief was to eat. You know, and this was is important information to convey when working with um, a compulsive overeater because this this is what has been missing, in my opinion, from the rooms of OA. We can't solve a spiritual problem with a physical solution. Yes, we have to get abstinent. Yes, we have to put down and identify and put down our binge foods, our trigger foods before embarking on the program of recovery. But that is merely the beginning. You know, the big book talks about a self-imposed crisis. No one was throwing that 9 by 13 tin of brownies down my gullet. I was doing that. All action is born in thought. I was self-destructing my, my own hand under the guise of seeking ease and comfort. So I needed a program of recovery that would drive out that mental twist, that strange mental twist that makes me think about those foods, beckons me, forces out all thoughts to the contrary, the strange, peculiar way of thinking that is different from normal people. Because every single time I got in the boxing ring with the obsession of the mind, that obsession of the mind, that mental twist would win out. So the program of recovery drove out and expelled that obsession of the mind. It restored me to sanity, brought me soundness of mind, relieved me of the obsession to use 
freed me from the beast, no longer needing or having that voice whispering in my ear. And this is certainly not about glorification of self. This is about getting out of your own way and allowing the program of recovery and your higher power to drive out that obsession of the mind. And with that, I pass. Thanks. And thank you, Leah M. Joni M., it's your turn. Uh, one to one mute, Joni. Hi, this is Joni M. Can you hear me? I can. Oh, well, thank you very much. Um, uh, my name is Joni M., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from New York, and very grateful for this program, very grateful first and most, foremost to my higher power and to all my fellows in, the, in this fellowship. Um, this is my first time talking on... Um, on this line, although I've been calling in for the last 10 months and listening, um, I'm blessed to remember that this time last year, I was still in my disease and I was so destructive to myself. I had not come to OA yet. I came on uh, October 17th, so I just celebrated my 11th month in program, my 11th month in abstinence, and most most important for me, my 11th month of being able to feel a connection with my higher power. I spent probably four decades fighting this with all the schemes, all the different um, approaches to to the disease, which I didn't know was a disease. It was just me trying to fix myself and never being able to do it quite well enough. Um, I'd get to a point, and I think this was great, but now I know I was just working on the physical. I had no idea of what was going on with the spiritual. And I knew emotionally that I ate because I was upset or whatever, but I never let myself really understand what was going on until I started working this program blessed in my first week to find out about a vision for you. I never went through the, the tools and the fellowship. I, I started with the fellowship, and I used the tools as the rails that helped me along the way, but the big book was introduced from the get-go, and I think that I have a very loving higher power who brought me straight in, reached down and brought me in when I took a step towards him. And um, and so what I've had is a, a miraculous recovery. I've had um, the opportunity to see myself have a physical rearrangement and to have others around me feel the same thing. Working with my sponsees, I get such a um, such a, a reward in terms of the, the, the fix that what food used to do for me, which I'm not even quite sure what food used to do for me because it seemed like I, I hadn't enjoyed eating in years. Now I eat a healthy meal and I say I'm sustaining my life and that's what the food is for, but the rest of my life is sustained by my relationship with others and my relationship with my higher power. And with that, I pass. And thank you, Joni M. Okay, Roz. Roz R. Hi, this is Roz R. from Florida. Um, This is the first time I'm sharing on the line since I introduced myself, I don't know, um, a few weeks back or whatever. Um, I've heard so many people share about the schemes they use, and I've known about this group. Um, I've been struggling also for probably three or four decades to do it my way and that I'm different than all of you, but I started remembering some of the schemes that I did. And it was like, I remember when AIDS was a caramel diet pill instead of a disease. And I remember buying those boxes of AIDS. And and one day I would eat a whole box full, you know, or I had a therapist once who said, let's get the food out of the way and find out what's really wrong with you. Let's put you on Optifast. And she put me on Optifast 
And six months went by, and I was still fearful to eat, and she told me to go to an OA convention and break it at the convention. And I went to an OA convention, and I still couldn't break it, and I called her, and I still couldn't break it. And, you know, once I started eating, it was the same thing. I have been to my normal healthy weight so many times, and I can look at any picture in any album, and I can tell you what I weighed and what time I was on. And, you know, I, too, worked for Weight Watchers. I got my weight down, and it worked for them, and... I just recently have been, like, in such a bad way, not with my weight, but with my life being so out of control that it's not even about the weight. It's about, like, I just I just came in here begging this time, and, and I'm taking direction, which I'm not really good at, but I am doing what I am told. I am making phone calls. I'm listening to people. You know, I want what you guys have. I can say I'm recovering, but I want to be able to say I've recovered. I've never experienced abstinence for more than a year and a half and then it wasn't you know it wasn't the kind of abstinence that I hear in these rooms it was like you know white knuckle it was avoiding people places and things so I am very grateful that I've come to this point I'm sorry it's taken me this long to do it but um, I'm here and uh, one day at a time I hope to have what you guys have and thank you for letting me share and thank you so much for sharing. Is there anyone else that wants to take the last few minutes? Hi, okay. Nancy Arbor. Yeah, please go ahead. Debbie Nancy H. I think, Debbie if H. We, I think we just have time for Nancy R, but we do have another meeting, so you can hopefully stay for that. Nancy R, please go ahead. Hi, thank you. My name is Nancy R. I'm a grateful recovered compulsive eater and uh uh, the, the beauty of Step 12, working with other people, uh, I'm constantly reminded of, of, the, uh, of where this disease could take me. Uh, some of the crazy things that I've tried, boy, if, if, if I listed them, I think I've tried some things that nobody has tried. Uh, but it all boiled down to uh, what, what I've heard people share this morning a lot of them worked temporarily, but eventually the disease won out. So, it, you know, it's important for me to hear that over and over because uh, I have a disease of the mind, and, and it is important for me to do the daily treatments so that when those thoughts come up, uh, because, it's, because the big book tells us when these thoughts arise, you know, that I have a, I have a template today. And every day I have to recommit myself to doing the work. I've been traveling, but um, uh, this disease is portable, but the good news is recovery is too. So I'm really happy to be back into my routine and my rhythm, happy to hear visions for you, and I'll keep coming back. Thank you. And thank you. Okay, I don't know who that was, but if you want to talk for about a minute, you can, that last person. Did you want to talk for about a minute? Comment? Debbie H. Uh, yeah, Debbie, go ahead for about a minute. Oh, thank Please you. Go. It's Debbie H. from New Jersey and Florida. And I, it's such an important meeting for me to have listened to today because I'm back after this relapse of years and years of relapse. And I've been clean for maybe eight weeks or so. The reading talked about temptation. And my scheme was to have my family keep temptation away from me. So 
so that if I should have the desire, the, the phenomenon of craving again, it's not so easy to, to, to destroy what I've been working for. And so I know now it's not, it's what I heard today, what I got from today was it's not up to my family to protect me from being tempted. It's up to me with working with my higher power. And, and that's what I'm taking with me today. And so I thank you all. God bless. And I pass. And thank you so much. Nice wrap-up. Okay. So thank you to everyone who has shared. But, you know, please stay with us and join us for our second unrecorded hour of study immediately following this closing. We will now close with the reading from the Bay Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. I'm going to ask Deb W., please, to read 164. A vision for you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Deb? All right, perhaps Carmela. You got it, Janice. Sorry, who, who's speaking now? This is Which Carmela Jim. All right, go ahead, Carmela. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you Countless. This is the great for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us on you, as you trudge the road to happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.